This podcast is sponsored by AllPosters.com, the world's largest poster and print store. Go to CheapSeatReviews.com, click on the button, and browse over 1.5 million images. Use code BUNNY25 at checkout to save 25% on all purchases until April 30th. Thanks for the support. You and I, we live on West Coast time. From the left hand side of my bed. Yeah. And I'm inclined to lie awake all night with my heart on to Well, hello, and thank you for listening to Cheap Seat Reviews, the podcast that explores the Hollywood film industry for the greater good. And this is episode 15, and we are talking about not timeline but days of thunder um i know last week we said we were going to do timeline but uh chad has a a band trip that he had to go on with his band students so he's down in florida living it up in the in the most magical place on earth so we uh we decided to call him we had a have a magical day yeah where he's in tallahassee (laughs) i thought he was in florida or in orlando oh i don't know whatever anyway so 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 we're pinch hitting and bringing in yes. uh, someone else. So, we're now watching Days of Thunder. Well, who are we bringing in here? Give me a second. Don? Give me a second. We're watching. <laughs> we're now watching Days of Thunder. And the reason why we chose Days of Thunder is because of this particular person's uh, spe- a specific set of skills that he has. Um, so <laughs> he is honed over the years. Yes. So yeah, that he's honed over the years, uh, <laughs> and will come after you with a race car. So and with I, that being all said, my, I, all my uh, racing with my sweet and low packets on my wife's leg. Right there, you go. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't want to hear about that. So with that being said, I am Sean Allred, and tonight joining me is Stuart. You're not Chad Wheeler. Yes. Uh, Cornelius rubbing his racing Logan. All right, all right. And he rubs a lot. Oh, stop it. <laughs> and, <laughs> yes, I do. And Sam, we're eating ice cream vector. Yes. No, no, it's ice cream. Ice ice cream vector. <laughs> ice cream. All right, so pull up a comfy chair and let's dive into this movie. So here we go. Days of Thunder, 1990s Days of Thunder. We're not quite out of the 80s. We still got a lot of 80s haircuts going on and a lot of it. 80s kind of feel and whatever, but it's the 1990s and... And and this is Days of Thunder. Oddly enough, it's a strange name because it has nothing to do with storms or anything like that. You think they would have? Well, have you it... ever been to a race? Yes, I have. And it, it sounds does it not... not sound like thunder when they start the engines. No, it sounds, sounds like, like a bunch a... of cars. It sounds like a bunch of really really loud cars <laughs> starting their engines. I'm not saying. It's I'd a say best... if there was if there was something on this earth that a bunch of race cars would sound like, I would say it would be something in the lines of a, a big thunderstorm. Anyway, that's it's still not a very good name. I'm sorry, Stuart. So, so, so I, I intro this. So I'm going to say this now. Uh, I introed Stuart as as being Stuart Wheeler. Um, go ahead and Google him if you want. Uh, he uh, is the owner of Sight and Sound, who gives a, who gave me a lot of the gear that I use here. He also thank was you, was a race car driver. So, Stuart, if you want to give a quick synopsis of who you are, real quick. Ooh, somebody got a text message. <laughs> race car driver, go fast, turn left. Go fast, turn left. Go fast, turn left. I, I know what a race car driver does. <laughs> I was actually I, I for one didn't. I was kind of hoping you give me a brief synopsis of what you did as a race car driver, besides drive fast and turn left. But if that, that's all you want to give, then fine. So <laughs> I, I raced in uh, the the regional series, which is basically Virginia, South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia, occasionally down to Florida. And do you know how you make a hundred thousand dollars racing? When? Start with a million. 
Okay. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah, there's. It, I, you told me stories uh, about uh, guys that were doing this racing who would put a fourth mortgage on their house just so they can oh, buy boy. an engine and then not finish the race. I mean, I literally had friends sell their wife's minivan to buy a new transmission for a Saturday night race. Yeah. Wow. Um, so, so with that being said, this is obviously what Stuart's talking about. Obviously, isn't the glitz and glam that is NASCAR, uh, but it's uh, it, it, racing all the same. So, and of course, Stuart has uh, some uh, connections within that. Did Did you ever get a hold of your buddy? I did. I talked to him for about uh, twenty five minutes today. All right. So we'll get to that in just a minute. I have that part of my trivia. Um, we'll get that in a minute. So. Uh, so I asked this of every episode. Uh, I asked the guys, um, when's the last time you'd seen this movie? Um, what were your impressions then? What are your impressions now? Do you feel like it holds up over the years? Um, just initial impressions is kind of what we do. So uh, I'm gonna, since Stuart is the guest, I'm going to let him go last. So, Corny, go. Uh, it, it literally, you know what? The last time I saw this movie, I saw it with you. <laughs> I don't really? know where. I, I think we were at uh, Apartment 40. Oh, so back in and, college, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, back in college. So I, I, I'm going to say that it was like on TV. Maybe we weren't quite watching it, but it has literally been over 10 years since I've watched it. Okay. And uh, I, <laughs> I am not a fan now. Um, oh. So it's, just, it's just weird for me uh, to, to go back and watch this movie and uh, try to enjoy it. I just couldn't. Uh, maybe it's because of the power mullet that Tom Cruise had, but... <laughs> Uh, it was, it was just, a pretty it was awesome weird. quaff of hair, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. He had to race everything. I'm surprised during the uh, dinner scene they didn't just try to see who could eat fastest. But it was just, uh, I, I was like, I get it. You race. We get it. Let's move on. I don't know. It was very weird for me. But um, anyway, well, I guess we'll get to that. I, I just realized something. What are we watching? Oh, well, it's a good <laughs> thing that Catherine is here to tell us. Um, oh, she she live tonight? No, no, she's not live. Oh, that's, just, that's just what I mean. So, uh, So take it away, Catherine. Tom Cruise stars as a gifted but unproven stock car racer whose quick temper and rivalry with another driver threatened to put the brakes on his career. Haha, <laughs> brakes. You see the what they brakes. did there? That's, see. that's clever because yeah. they used the word brakes because it's a race car. Anyway, so yeah. so Catherine, uh, she always comes over, not always, but most times she comes over and we, we do a couple of takes. Well, she did this one that I kept because it just cracked me up. So just here we go. Sorry, Catherine. Tom Cruise stars as a gifted but unproven stock car racer whose quick temper and rivalry with another driver threatened to put the brakes on his career. Rivalry. <laughs> so anyway, I just... Thank you, Nicole Kidman. Yeah. Anyway, so... Uh, so Sam, same question. So thank you, Catherine, uh, yeah. for your wonderful voice work, even though I we, we're laughing at yeah. your expense a little bit, but... Yeah. Laughing with her. Laughing we're laughing... Yes. Well, she laughed too, Certainly. so it's okay. Uh, Sam? Um, uh, well, it's been a long time since I've seen this movie, had, had lots of fond memories of it, you know, uh, being a, uh, 90s slash 80s kid, it was right there in the middle of my, uh, my formative years. Uh, when, when Goose died, I was really upset. Wrong, <laughs> wrong movie. And, uh, oh, 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 uh, <laughs> but you're, you're, <laughs> Yeah, no, in all seriousness. Um, How did he die? Did he get ejected from the car or something? <laughs> well, that big pileup on turn four, because oh, that turn right. four is awfully, you know. It's tricky. Awfully tricky, yeah. Um, now I lost my train of thought. Uh, I, I went into lost this wanting, thought. 
wanting to uh, to hate it, hate it, you know, um, to to totally pick it apart and just absolutely hate it. But Doc on it, I still like this movie. Um, it is pure <sighs> cliche, yeah, gold. Uh, for sure, but I still enjoy this movie. I, um, I have I have a I have a term that that may offend some people for this yeah, movie, but it it, I, it fits it in my opinion. And it might be since you know most of us, or well, all of us, all four of us tonight are are from this area. You know, NASCAR is North Carolina, and you know, live, breathe it. You know, especially in the heyday of, of the NASCAR. Um, I don't know. You well in its heyday around here, everybody was a NASCAR fan. And I love to see probably some California writers or producers take on the culture. Right. Um, you know, of course, they they most recently spoofed it in Talladega Nights, but uh, you know, this was their attempt to try to show the world, I guess, re- kind of really what NASCAR was uh, during the the nineties. I, I didn't and think it. Oh, sorry, go ahead. And I was, and, and I think it, it probably did open it up, and. Uh, you know, I wonder how many people were disappointed when they learned that uh, there really wasn't all that much rubbing in racing. So, so to get to that point, I do wonder if a lot of people who watched this movie thought, "Wow, Charlotte is just a bunch of farmland <laughs> and yeah. mountains." Yeah, that's, lots of mountains. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's all they showed was farmland and lake. And I thought, <laughs> there's actually a lot more pavement and buildings, and really big barns that you build race cars in. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, so for this movie, um, and because of Stewart's here, and I'm going to ask him the same question in a movie in a second. I actually, in my notes here, my script, I actually wrote a whole section of questions for Stewart, because these are questions that popped in my mind as I'm watching this movie. Going, is that does that really work that way? And why do they do it this way? And can you tell me? So, um, so we'll get to that in a second. So, Stewart. So the same question I ask of you. Well, first of all, I got to just put it out there that I love this movie. <laughs> and you're right. It's pure male adrenaline. You have a good looking girl. You got cars that go fast. You have wrecks. You have smoke. You have parts falling off cars. But the thing <laughs> I love best about this movie is it introduced NASCAR to a majority of the population. Yeah. Remember in 1990 when this movie came out, NASCAR did not have these multi-billion dollar TV contracts. It was still on a, a regional cable channel, TNN, which doesn't even exist anymore. Wow. So this, this literally was, no pun intended, the vehicle that allowed NASCAR to get out there to be seen by those Californians and Montanans and Seattle where there are no tracks, but now there are tracks today. Well, cool. Um, yes. <laughs> So, so obviously, Stuart, uh, and so when I when when Stuart agreed to to jump in on this cast, I we I asked him basically what movie do you want to do, and he said if we can do either Top Gun or Days of Thunder, he'd be happy. <laughs> Top Gun no, is not. Top Gun would have been great. Yeah, but Top Gun's not streaming, so we did Days. Of, I don't. I don't think I'll it send is. Send you all the DVD. Well, <laughs> maybe the next time we can do that if we want to. That I would actually be very okay Some with bitch. that. Um, I think Corny's looking right now to see if it's on. <laughs> Um, hey, I didn't think it was. So to answer my own question, as I always do, uh, I, I can't even remember the last time I've seen it because I've seen it so many times. Mm-hmm. I've probably seen this movie from top to back, you know, from start to finish, probably maybe <laughs> six or seven times. Actually, it's from bumper to bumper. From bumper there to bumper, go. I have seen this there movie probably six or seven times, maybe more than that. But probably just from, oh, look, it's on TNN or TNN, TNT when there's not an actual race going on, so I'm going to watch it for a little while. I've probably seen, like, the middle montage 
probably 15 times. So I've seen this movie a lot. I I, I like this movie. It's fun. The term I would use is called um, uh, racing porn is what this is. There's just race cars and guys are dirty for some reason and 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 like and and it's like Sam said rubbing racing and and things like that. So 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 I'm going to dive into the notes here unless we have any objections. No good. Okay, good. Maybe so, we should roll into the notes. We're yeah. going to roll into the notes. Yeah. Um, Coast Coast into the notes. Yeah. We're going to come in backwards and then flip the car around because the <laughs> transmission is screwed. <laughs> So the first note that I took was in the opening. Uh, let's go ahead and get this out of the way. Um, okay. Hold on. Where is it? There it is. There we go. Yes. This movie not only montage. had one montage. I think it had three. I think it was three. Yeah, I think I counted three myself. I counted the the building <laughs> of the or the opening sequence montage, which is actually a trope in itself. This movie is full of tropes. I mean, yeah. This movie is a movie of tropes. I don't. I don't think you could actually cram any more tropes into this movie, um, and that's unless you're making a spoof, unless it's intentionally supposed to be campy, which this isn't supposed to be. That just it's just the way it is. I called it Tropicana. Tropicana. <laughs> you had a big old glass of cold Tropicana. That's that's what uh, Tony Scott, rest in, uh, God rest his soul, was uh, was drinking when he was uh, directing this thing. Um, so we got the opening scene, which is a montage, which. Shows us all these great racetracks. And the first, my first note is, holy cow, Rowdy took out the king. I thought that was pretty, um, kind of asshole-ish. Like, I mean, he took out the king so he could win the race. I didn't, yeah. so, so Stuart, this is going to get to my first question for Stuart. I wish I had a noise for this. My, you know, bong, first question for Stuart. Um, <laughs> do they build race cars by hand by some old dude that can make decisions about the car on the fly? Yes, all cars are built by hand. Sheet metal is put on the outside. The roll cages are literally welded by hand. All the ge- geometry points are all balanced and calibrated by hand. Well, there you go. Answer huh. that. Um, so Stewart has a, obviously a, a very special place in his heart for this movie because one, he was a race car driver, and two, um, I, I mentioned I teased it earlier, and I'm going to tease it again. He actually knew someone who worked on this film. I oddly have a strange connection to this movie also. If you think back to the opening scene, not the opening scene, but the, the opening scene for Tom Cruise, when he does that trope, by the way, when they said, where is the guy? And then you look off to the side, and then there he shows up on the motorcycle. Oh, the, yes. the convenient timing, the convenient intro trope. Yes. There's a scene Don't where... Don't forget the loner on the motorcycle. You know, He well, doesn't come scooting in in a Taurus. Right. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's a... Yeah, yeah, a motorcycle, which is about as close to a sign of being an independent person as you can get. Oddly enough, like how Maverick is in Top Gun. Anyway, mm-hmm. and the first time we see him in that movie, he's riding a motorcycle, too. <laughs> hmm. Okay, anyway, so <laughs> I just think that's funny. I didn't think about that. So if you remember that scene when they're all hanging around and Robert Duvall is standing there and he's next to this guy who's in a blue jacket and blue headphones. And he's talking like he's some... Big deal, this guy, this, this character. And then he disappears for the rest of the movie. We never see him again. Y'all know, I know Stuart knows what I'm talking about. You guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Okay. He I, was I, Gucci for uh, Rowdy. Right, and then he disappears and he never... But he was supposed to be... He was actually going to also be part of it somehow else. 
Well, he's never seen in the rest of the movie, and the reason is because he and director Tony Scott got into a physical altercation, <laughs> and he fired him from the from the movie. And the only reason why I even know that here's my weird connection: my old chiropractor here in in Charlotte was an actor on that set, and he was that crew chief's assistant, like in the movie, and he was supposed to have actual lines in the movie. But when that guy punched out, or not punched, but when he and Tony Scott got into an altercation. He cut his scenes, and so then my chiropractor scenes got cut. So I actually have this. That's why I have this weird connection with the movie. Anyway, just random. Was Tony not an Earnhardt fan or something? I don't know how. I don't know what the story is. He didn't tell me. I didn't ask. But it was just kind of a funny connection. Um, so uh, North Carolina connection. Oh yeah, I always write down when there's a North Carolina connection, and this thing just screams North Carolina because one Rowdy lives in Charlotte. They yep. show three Charlotte racetracks: the the Rock. Charlotte Motor Speedway, and of course, North Wilkesboro, which is now a big, uh, antiquated, big, uh, yeah. it, it looks like where they would have filmed The Hunger Games or something. Or The Walking Dead, yeah. Right. You know, it's, it's pretty uh, sad. Speaking of Walking right Dead. Now. Yeah, Merle. Merle's I didn't realize Merle was in this movie. I don't watch that show. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, shame on oh, you. Shame, I shame. know, I know. I'm a horrible human being, whatever. So, anyway. <laughs> um other funny moments. Uh, this, this movie was full of one-liners. I actually captured a couple of well, them on well, audio. Well, before we go on, yeah. help me understand. Okay. Um, they were bringing in Cole to drive. Mm-hmm. What was the reason again? I, I didn't quite get I can't remember what it was. So, so crazy uh, uh, Quaid, not the nice, good Dennis Quaid, but the crazy Quaid, um, yeah. he decided he wanted to get into the car or the race car industry late into the game. Because he owned a couple of car dealerships in Charlotte, and so he just he got a hold of Robert Duvall on his farm and said, "Come in." Okay. And well, I, I think right, Stewart. Am I missing something there? I mean, basically, it just it was just bad timing that he'd already missed Daytona. That's correct. But it was just this is just kind of we're going to bring him in into the middle of the season. Um, I had to explain to my wife that the Daytona 500 because they used this phrase twice in the movie. It's the Super Bowl of NASCAR. And then Sarah yeah. says to me, but it's the first race of the season. And I said, yep. <laughs> and she says, that doesn't make sense. And I said, yep. And she said, okay. So, <laughs> um, so, 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 yeah. So, and, and, okay. And b- b- with that as well, did he come from, um, what is it called racing? Um, open wheel racing. Yeah. Open wheel, which is the, not rocket cars. It's what do you call it? Indy cars. Indy cars. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. And they make a big deal out of that too. Is that you know you drive? It's a completely different type of racing. You can't you don't bump each other in IndyCar because you explode. You know, unlike you can in this. So, so that leads to my next question for Stuart. Next question for Stuart. Bing bong. Can you bump that much in racing? Holy cow! I mean, it was like freaking death race out there with with uh, that terrible movie. I mean, they were trying to kill each other. Now, obviously, in this movie, they took a great artistic license to show. But on some of the short tracks, Bristol, Martinsville, uh, Richmond, there is a lot of, you know, quarter panel to corner panel. You rub on me, I rub on you back. Um, and even in some of the super speedways, Daytona, Talladega, there's a lot of bump drafting. Now, again, they ramped it up by a factor of 5,000 or 50. <laughs> okay. It's over 9,000. But it makes a great movie. Oh, yeah, yeah you're right. It does. Um 
I just kept thinking that because you're right. It makes a great movie. It gives the antagonist something to do because the antagonist isn't just going to sit back there. He's going to bump into Cole, give him the finger, point at him. Can you actually see what the other guy is doing in the other car in your rearview mirror? No. Okay. I just they're like doing <laughs> yeah, these. Isn't that mo- that's mostly through the radio, from what I what I know, right? Well, your crew chief or someone to spotter is right is calling that in, right? Or you uh, or you pull out your uh, your cell phone. And use it as a mirror, right? You have your cell phone in the car, right? Not anymore. Oh, not anymore? <laughs> oh. Took care of that. Yeah, texting and driving is real bad. Um, okay, so that's my question for Stuart. I have one, two, three. I have about nine of these. The best way to see a competitor on the track is either when you're passing him or he's passing you. Right. Yeah. Okay. Because they, they would do a lot of these kind of small hand signals. The little the flip, flip on the bird or the he's point like he would ass. point the finger. And I thought, there's no way you could see that. I mean, first of all, when you're driving 200 miles an hour in a circle, you don't have the the luxury to look in that rear of your mirror to focus on anything other than straight ahead. Because uh, it's not like the straightaways are six miles long or anything like that. So anyway, whatever. Um, uh, the, they don't want to spoil him. I don't remember what I wrote, what I, what I mean by that. I don't want to spoil him. Oh, that's right. Oh, uh, he kicks kick, the quarter oh, panel, kick, and he says, "I yeah, don't want to. We don't want to spoil." My question before this is: Did they not practice at all together? It didn't look like as, that as a driver and, and a chief, because it seemed like there was a lot of uh, miscommunication. miscommunication. <laughs> that actually leads me to one of my tropes. I gotta scroll down because I have a. All right, so my first trope is: and on cue, the hero emerges from the smoke in a motorcycle montage. We gotta teach the rookie a lesson. That's a trope. You got the new guy coming in, and so Rowdy's got to put him into the wall and teach. He even says, "I got to teach this rookie a lesson." Rookie hazing, hazing's good. So in movies, that's a big one. Second montage, give me some loving, which is the great montage of the movie. And then the third, uh, fourth, fifth, whatever one it is, the teacher and the student can't see eye to eye. So that's to <laughs> go to your point, Sam. It, yes. you're, you're right. Not only are they both so pig-headed and stubborn that they will are unwilling to bend to help each other. They're willing to wreck like six race cars in the process. And, and I'm guessing that's not cheap. And at this point, they don't have a sponsor yet from what I, right. what I read into it. You know, it's not until, uh, until they actually win that race that they, they automatically get a sponsor right when they, uh, yeah, there was a guy standing off on the side with a check and says, if your guy wins, I'm going to sponsor you. <laughs> Hey, good job. Here you go. Is that how it works, Stuart? Well, that's actually more true life than to many other things in the movie. There have been cars that have gone to races, whether it's the Daytona 500, which is our Super Bowl at the beginning of the season, or any race that qualify without a sponsor. And by the time that they start on the starting line, the day or the day after, they have someone on the quarter panel of their hood. Wow. I did not realize that. Wow. Well, hey. Huh. That's, you, well, that, yeah. I, if you I got the money to give, I mean, hey, yeah. and you got a bunch of hats lying around you want to give to the guys, go for it. Yeah, and, and talk about making it really easy to sell movie uh, sponsors. Oh, for yeah. This. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, so I actually, so here's a, this is going to take me, take us out for just a second, but this is a funny thing and I want to talk about because we're talking about sponsors. So, uh, so Sam, uh, th- this is this is I recorded myself whenever I got you know as you guys know now that we are we have a sponsor we have sponsored by allposters.com. Uh, go to their website, go to our website cheapseatreviews.com, re- click the little banner, Bunny twenty five get you twenty five percent off until April thirtieth. There's your promo. For, there's your commercial. 
But I, re- I decided, you know what? Don't boo. This is <laughs> no. These are good people. They're helping us out. So th- I recorded myself whenever I whenever I read the email, and this is what I sounded like. We've got ourselves a sponsor. So anyway. <laughs> I just had to record that, so I, I now have that forever. So that not even be part of the sponsor commercial. Anyway, where was I going with that? I don't know. I'm all over the place tonight. I'm I'm all. I know, you're driving us weird. I'm all. Cur- yeah, you're all over the track there, bro. I know. I gotta. I gotta. I need. I need Stuart to 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 eat around a wet red wedge in the right. Right. <laughs> what exactly does that mean, by the way? You hear that all the time. You yeah, know, they put a wedge in this to do something or other. Actually, in the back of the car, you'll see them put this big wrench in the window, and there's a wedge bolt. And basically, what you're doing is you're transferring weight from either the left rear tire to the right rear tire. Okay. So wedge, if you break down racing to it's a very most common thing. It's basically when you step on the brake, the weight goes forward. When you step on the gas, the weight goes backwards. So if you can set up the, the car where when you go into the corner, the weight transfers evenly, you get back on the gas quicker, you pass your competitor. Oh, huh, okay. Uh, interesting. Um, Did you uh, take notes there, Sean? No, I'm not taking notes. <laughs> uh, I do have notes that I'm going to read. Uh, hit the pace car. That was kind of funny. Uh, there's actually no, some that's trivia. That's a life situation. Yeah, there's some really yeah, it did. It's based on a and I, I wrote. I didn't write that trivia down, but that's based on a real thing. Do you know which one it is, Stuart? Yes, uh, I believe uh, Buddy Baker did that. Yeah. Now, okay. I, w- I would think they not, get not the pace car, not the pace car. The, pace car, the uh, in the, when he's doing the victory lap, right? Oh, or, oh, oh uh, yeah. when he yeah, yeah. Know, the guy's doing the, the victory lap. Cole says, "Put new tires in the car," and then he t-bones him and. Uh, that's not the hit, not the pace car. I just thought I just wrote hit the pace car because it was a funny line. Um, all right, so. So my next my next one is I, I made mention of this. So I always when I'm watching these movies, I'm always perusing through IMDb just to see whatever. Um and I happened to fall on Randy Quaid's um IMDb photo or IMDb page. First of all, you guys need to check his photo out. He looks like a grizzly bear. Okay. <laughs> just saying. And then I started reading his mini bio. And it says his biography was by Sue Gutman, but this sounds like he wrote it himself. So I'm just going to read a little bit, and you tell me if this guy doesn't have um, a, a big ego of himself. Hollywood's most extreme character star, Randy Quaid, has never been timelier. Randy, a man who took a bus to Hollywood with nothing but raw talent, is now a proven and current vast and varied star with with that one other sustaining asset – he is a great and much admired actor on the world stage and television and feature film screens and an actor that has been recognized by Hollywood and the world's finest directors. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is also the guy who said, hey, aliens, up yours. Exactly. Right? Yeah. I was going to say that. I'm a pilot. Now I can fly. I'm a pilot. Yeah. So, and now I'm going to hide in Canada so I don't have to go to jail. Right. <laughs> yeah, he owes a lot of money to people, doesn't? or the, the feds, doesn't he? Isn't that what well, it is? He trashed some hotels, and he's got some tax uh, problems. Yeah. <laughs> he he and um, uh, not Denzel Washington. What's his name? Um, Wesley Snipes. Wesley, Wesley Snipes. Snipes are real good pals. <laughs> they're they're <laughs> hanging out in the same hotel in Canada. So. Oh, actually, no, they're not. Wesley Snipes came back. Oh, that's right. Did he did he pay off his debt or something? Oh no, he went to jail. Oh, he yeah. did. 
I don't know if he's out yet. He actually still might be in jail. I don't know. I know that the reason why he was supposed to be in the Expendables one, but he couldn't leave. He couldn't leave the country because of his issues. Like he actually was under home arrest or something. <laughs> and they were filming down in you know somewhere in the Atlantic, and he couldn't leave the country because of it. So I just thought that was kind of funny. Um. Anyway, so 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 Tony Scott directed this movie, and I want to talk about him for a second, and not just the fact that his uh, suicide was extremely sad, and just uh, sad is the last thing I can say. Just uh, to have someone who was so talented, you know, do that is just painful. But the guy could make some freaking awesome movies. Top Gun was his kind of his. Well, the hunger was before that, but I don't know what that is. But the Top Gun, and then you got Beverly Hills Cop Two, which I think is the better of the three. Sorry, Corny. And then Revenge, okay. then you're Days of Well, you're wrong. And then Days of Thunder, <laughs> and then The Last Boy Scout, which is a really fun, really really dumb Bruce Willis flick. Mm-hmm. True Romance, Crimson Tide, which is one of my favorite movies yes. ever. The Fan, Enemy of the State, another really fun movie. Uh, oh. Spy Game. Uh, Man on Fire, which is kind of hard to watch just because of the style that he decided to shoot. Uh, Domino, Deja Vu, another good film. He and Wesley Snipes, or not Wesley Snipes, he and Denzel are good buddies. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, an episode of Numbers. The Taking of Pelham, one, two, three, which is really good. Again, Denzel. And then Unstoppable with Captain Kirk and Denzel. So, um, I. Obviously, the guy knows what he's doing. He's a really good director. I thought this movie, because of his style, was very fun, very energetic. Um, obviously, the rubbing his racing part was very, very Hollywood. But again, like like Stuart said, it just made the movie fun and energetic. Um, so, so continuing on my notes, and, and Corny, I, I, you're the only one really that didn't really have a good time with this movie. I'm, I'm actually kind of curious about why. I mean, I know you kind of did that in your intro. I mean, were there... Were there things that just kind of bother you other than the fact that Cole's character is pretty much one-dimensional? I want to race cars. Uh, yeah, and that was the thing. It was just, I guess maybe because even in other Tom Cruise movies, he does become something else other than uh, that. I mean, it was just it was kind of off-putting for me to watch him. I, I know he's going to be Tom Cruise in every movie. And, and he's, you know, <laughs> I mean, he's going to do the Tom Cruise things. Hell, we almost got through this movie without him running, but that didn't happen. So, <laughs> yeah, the very know, last just, scene. Yeah. <laughs> I was sitting there going, I don't remember him running in this movie. This might be the only movie he doesn't run in. Oh, nope, yeah, there nope, it is. Nope. Yeah, Tom uh, Cruise does like to run. On, maybe, on I'm, maybe I'm being unfair. I, I think I might be being a little no, unfair. No, it's okay. I mean, we all have you know those movies. I mean, Sam thought Sam was the only one that thought that stupid assassin movie that he made us watch was good, and we all hated it. So, I mean... I don't know if that's. I didn't necessarily hate it. I, I just, did. Uh... I did. It was stupid. <laughs> that movie was real dumb. Anyway, it was awful. Um, I... Anyway, uh, uh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe I just expected more out of Tom Cruise's character, or I expected that character to do more, uh, or have a bigger, uh, or sorry, have a harder time with what's going on. Right. I did think it was weird. Anybody else noticed this? That. Nicole Kidman is is mad at him. I'm skipping ahead really early in the movie or later on in the movie, but she gets really mad at him. And then, like, the next time that they're together, they're, like, making out, and she's buddies with them again. I thought, when, when was the makeup moment? The redemption. There was no redemption. He goes, he goes to Rowdy's and, and hits a baseball bat on his really, really nice pool table, 
And then the next thing you know, they're they're like, like that's all it took was to get Rowdy to go to the doctor. No, no, this well. Hmm. <laughs> I'm still Maybe confused at how how happened. Rowdy and Cole became friends so quickly. Oh well, that that goes to a trope um, that I wrote down. We've actually missed a couple of tropes, but. Uh, uh, that that trope is called. I don't. I don't know what the trope is called. Corny, you're usually pretty good at making up these names. But I wrote down the fight that gives former enemies become friends. Yeah. Oh, uh, you know? the, the makeup fight. Yeah, like in the Karate Kid, not not uh, <laughs> the new one with Jaden Wilson, Jaden Smith. The kid, the, the main antagonist and the protagonist, they hate each other, and at the end they have the big fight, and at the end they gain respect for each other, mm-hmm. and then now they're buddies, and there's. Uh, Rocky won. He beats Apollo Creed, and then from the rest of the movies, they're best friends. Even though in the first movie they hate each other, it's that that trope that once I we fought, and then now we have respect for for because before they didn't have respect for each other for whatever reason. One thought that the other one couldn't do it, or the other one thought that he was too old or washed, whatever. <laughs> and then they actually fight a race or whatever, and then so in this case. They hate each other, and they decide that they're going to have their fight in two rental cars that they tear the crap out of on some Daytona beach. Yeah, once again, where are the cops? Where in the heck are the cops as these two cars go absolutely eight nuts? But I, I credit everything you just said to the writer, Robert Town. He spent a lot of time in North Carolina with Dr. Jerry Punch at the Rick Hendricks shop mm-hmm. talking to drivers, and what he found out about it is, on the track, these guys hate each other. Right. But, you know, they're, they're with each other for, you know, almost 40 weeks out of the year. So off the track, you know, they, they stand in these multi-million dollar RVs right next to each other. Mm-hmm. And the NASCAR community, as in drivers and wives and family, are very close. They support each other right. more than most, com- you know, people who live in the same community do. So I thought it was great where they showed that on the track, they're pointing their fingers at each other, wrecking each other. <laughs> But the, the the love that they showed for each other in the hospital and then Cole driving Rowdy's car and then Cole going back down to, you know, try to get Rowdy to come to the hospital. I think that was a great part to write into this. If not, it would have just been a sock him and, you know, bang him race car movie that yeah. no one cared about. That was the development of the character. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I okay. agree with that. I um, think Yeah, that's a good you know, point. The, I didn't think about it that The movie would have been not as deep in terms of friendship and – and the power of that kind of stuff, um, you know, if it was like you like you said, if it was just racing, it might have been a little boring. Yeah, it would have been that stupid Sylvester Stallone movie called Driven. That movie's yeah. terrible, <laughs> by the way. Um, anyway, uh, uh, I don't so, think it's that bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I did what I could, you know. Yeah, it's actually really good, Courtney. <laughs> I didn't know you could do that. So you can do Sly and you can do Ice Tea. Oh, no, Ice Cube. <laughs> no, it's Ice Tea. Yeah, it is Ice Tea. Yeah, yeah. Speaking yeah. of which, I'm drinking right now. Thank you for saying that. Oh, nice. I'm drinking root beer. Parched. Yeah, I'm, I'm drinking my IBC root beer. Oh, completely off subject. Uh, we celebrated my birthday last weekend with my mom and she, my mother-in-law, and she bought me a Mr. Beer, Mr. Root Beer kit. How cool is that? <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. So I'm going to be making well homemade. Your way of making your own beer, like, like no, we no, have. no root beer. Root yeah. Beer. So yeah. it's it's a gateway. It's a gateway drug. <laughs> Anyway, um, no, you're right. That's, that's a really good point. And I hadn't really thought about it uh, until you said that. But it actually, you're right. I think it does actually make the movie better. 
yeah. that, they, that they actually do have a, a genuine friendship. I still thought it was weird, though, how he and Nicole Kidman are just magically okay again, but whatever. Yeah, when I, <laughs> when I watched it for the third time in a row yesterday, there, 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 there were three major storylines in it. You got the Nicole Kidman, Tom Cruise line. You have the Tom Cole, Robert Duvall, and then you have the Tom Cool, uh, Tom uh, Cruise, uh, you know, Rowdy. Uh, right. Lines. And the way that they they wove those together, you know, to, to come at the end, save, you know, Rowdy win Daytona so he pays for his, you know, his farm that he's building with his wife that's going to cost $10 million and she's going to build the house. I thought it was, it, was, it was great how to see all those three different lines come together at the end of the movie. Yeah, super, super conveniently, too, that it also created, they also gave us another antagonist. I've defeated this antagonist. Now he's a buddy of mine, so now we have to create a new antagonist. And oh my That's gosh, stupid. is Carrie Ellis the biggest freaking douchebag you have ever seen? What? Not, not, not him. I mean the character. Oh, okay. uh, you mean the Red uh, Pirate Roberts? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> what was his name? Russ, uh, Russ Wheeler, right? Uh, obviously, he's related to you. Uh, Stuart. Absolutely. Um, yeah. That guy. Oh, wait, what a great uh, racing. Wait, can we talk about the racing you. names? Thank you. I love these racing well, names. Well, Coltrickle is I'm obviously. Glad Stuart is with us. You yeah. know, Wheeler is a perfect racing name. Yeah. Just so you know. Yeah, Stuart well, obviously. Wheeler was in honor of Dick Trickle, who. No, no, a, no. Yes, Coltrickle was in honor of Dick Trickle. That's what I meant. Yeah. And some of the other names were really close. I mean, <laughs> Harry Hogg was. Portraying the character of real life of Harry Hyde mm-hmm. and uh, Russ Wheeler. I mean, at the same time out there, you had Rusty Wallace. Right. And uh, Rowdy Gaines is just a great made-up name. But what's great is... Yeah, he's based off of Rowdy Roddy Piper. No. Oh, okay. no. So. <laughs> he, was, he, he was based on... Uh, <laughs> I just, anyone who's ever watched wrestling will find that joke really funny. I yeah. did, actually. That's why I'm not laughing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, uh, so I did think I did, uh, John C. Riley's character, uh, I forgot his, his character's name. Um, but he, the character, his dad, uh, is play, is, has this character, Mark Brotherton, but yeah, but, um, dies in a, in a, in a, in a wreck on turn four at Daytona. Oh, you mean bake, right? What? Or shake and bake. He's, yes. He's shake and bake dad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and can we say how. His father apparently died a year before they asked him about his father dying. It seems a little soon to be just kind of casually talking about that kind of thing. It was, it was, yeah, it was only a year, but I guess you know, it's part of the sport. But I, I thought it was really strange how the character dies in a very similar way to Dale Earnhardt died. Yeah, ten years earlier, right, Stuart? I mean, that's pretty close, right? Pretty close. Um, obviously, the the movie kind of Tom Cruise later kind of insinuates that. Uh, there was a fault in the car itself, and he um, kind of lost control, and then he ran into the wall that way, whereas uh, De- Earnhardt actually lost control of the car, and then just by a strange series of every, thou- every a thousand things going wrong is how he ended up dying. Um, I just thought that was really kind of strange how that just... Uh, anyway, uh, so then I wrote, uh, because good friends give friends hookers. <laughs> <laughs> And then my next quote is because good friends make friends make fun of their almost blind friends. Yeah, I, the moment I saw that, now, my first thought was how that that can't be forgiven. That's just but, but you gotta think died. though. 
at some point they were gotta, probably told you gotta you know, have some he's fun. okay yeah. he's not blind i know i would do that to, to you guys oh if absolutely I knew you were okay absolutely it's the same thing if i see you fall down the stairs once i'm sure that you're okay then we're gonna laugh at it for the next hour and a half but he yeah. wasn't okay and that was kind of the problem well like he, was, he wasn't okay he wasn't completely okay and i think that maybe i don't know maybe i'm sensitive just uh, maybe I cried a little. I don't know, but well, yeah, I, I I would too. You know, you don't want Tom Cruise not being able to see. Um, <laughs> and then I wrote this is way later in my notes, but I did this again because it was just funny. Because good friends threaten friends with baseball bats. <laughs> um, North Wilkesboro sad. Um, uh, the new driver looks like a douchebag. Um, oh. Really, I mean, he comes in. He's got that that just douchebag haircut. Even his girlfriend looked like, you know what I'm saying? Like she looked like the quintessential eighties. She, she looked like a dude. Sarah actually thought she was a dude. <laughs> My wife and I watched this together. There's a whole funny backstory behind that, how her brother used to torture her with this movie. Um, cause they would go on road trips and the old brother always got to pick the movie and he always picked this movie. And so Sarah has probably seen this movie probably more times than Stuart, believe it or not. not. So, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, um, but it was funny with her, her eyes watching this because she stopped watching it at the age of like 13 when she finally was old enough to, to push JP around. So now she's watching it for the first time and she goes, Oh my gosh, that's the guy from Talladega Nights. Oh my gosh, that's the guy from the princess bride. Oh my, and so it was this really kind of funny thing to seeing it through her eyes, uh, watching the movie through her eyes, through um, her eyes. Thanks, Sam. Um, <laughs> Uh, never knew I could get foreshadowing plot points after a sex scene. <laughs> so the only point of that scene was to, rem- to so that later on in the movie, when he bump drafts yeah. him, we can go, oh, yeah, remember the thing on her leg and the sugar packets? So, yeah. and, and for a preteen, you know, which is, was me watching this movie. Oh, yeah. You know, how, how bad was it that, that you expected that with future girlfriends? To be able to play race cars on their <laughs> right. their size, and and it never works out quite the way you want it to work out. <laughs> the best advertisement Sweet and Low could ever get with <laughs> right, <laughs> absolutely. It, it just it was Sweet and Low. Oh, yeah. It had right. to work with Sweet and Low. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> sweet and Low. You know what's funny about uh, Nicole Kidman is when they were looking to cast, her terrible accent. Yes, oh, when they were God. looking ah. to cast somebody out of the cock hole. They had to. They had to cast against Tom Cruise, who was playing uh, this uh, sexy. You know, I drive motorcycles. I come in, and they needed a good-looking female, but they didn't want a good-looking female who had to play someone smart. They wanted someone who was actually smart. And the thing they found out with Nicole Kidman is that she was before she started her Hollywood career, she was actually a pre-med student at UCLA, so she fit her character very well. Holy crap. Interesting. Right. Okay. And she had a bad accent. I, it was so weird because here, I want to talk about the accent for just a second because she is from Australia. Like, we know that. And so there are, there are other movies like the movie Australia where she gets to use her normal accent. It doesn't happen very often. But in this movie, it like she couldn't make up her mind. Like, she hadn't quite mastered the American accent yet. So there were some times where she sounded Bostonian. 
Like she sounded like that whole car scene. It sounded like she was from Boston because that's that's the way they that, talk. Get out of the car, Cole. Yeah, get out of the car. That that's a Boston kind of uh, way of talking. But then I wish I would have ca- captured some more of her of her st- speaking. But like when she would get angry, not just that moment because she was kind of scared. But like the, later in that scene when she's yelling at him, talking about losing control, she sounds like she's from the Shire. Like she's very New Zealandy. It was really strange and. Um, we, we kind of call that the Princess Leia effect, you know, because Carrie Fisher didn't have a really good British accent, so her accent was like in and out all through Star Wars. It would just depend on the day. She'd wake up and go, "Oh yeah, today I'm going to be British," or "Today I'm just going to be, you know, <laughs> American teenager who's got to lose all this weight, otherwise Jodie Foster is going to take my job." So I just thought that was weird. Um, North Wilkesboro sad. Dick Cabby used to prove a point. Uh, this goes back to what Corny was talking about. All he is is a race car driver. Um, we, we need this moment to prove that Cole is is not a hundred percent stable. So of course we have to insert a you know a, a, a jerk cabbie to to bump him in to, uh, to bump you know the guy. Does that happen? Is that a thing that cabbies use? I know they do it in New York, but did they do that in Daytona? Like I don't know, maybe. Um, Are there cabs in Daytona? I don't know. I guess there's cabs in Charlotte. So yeah. Um, no, there's nothing but farmland and mountains. We don't have cabs. Oh, that's right. That's true. That's, <laughs> and it's so funny because we're watching that. And my, Sarah, my wife, keeps saying, well, it says that they're in Charlotte, but that doesn't look like Charlotte to me. And I said, well, they're probably actually in Lincolnton and, and Mooresville. That's where a lot of the race car drivers live. But it said Charlotte. Yes, but we know that Lincolnton and Mooresville exist. If they would have said Lincolnton, North Carolina, no one would have known where it is. She says, but that doesn't, that's not well, what here's she... our Charlotte connection. Obviously, we have Charlotte Motor Speedway yeah. where uh, yeah. a lot of it was filmed there, but also the bar scene where Cole's sitting there having a beer, sort of, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, Robert Duvall's character comes in. That's the old sandwich construction company right down the street from UNCC. Oh, cool. If you well, remember, so they did, did they film a lot of this here then? Uh, absolutely. The whole, uh, the barn scene where, you know, uh, Harry uh, Hogg's character is building that car, that barn still actually exists. It's up in Mooresville. Hmm. Um, that, that scene, I'm very glad you, you did that, Stuart. Talk about that, that bar. That actually ties into my next trope, which is very, very convenient. And, you know, it's like you're looking at my script. Beer fixes all trope. You haven't realized yeah. this by now? Well, you know, if if you have an issue with somebody, you go drink a beer, and then everything is fine. And that's what they literally they do that. He goes Works to a bar. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Maybe they should. he and Putin should have had beers beforehand. Anyway, um, uh, I'm going to run down a list of tropes. If you guys have any more, then we can talk about them real quick. Uh, the next one I have is there is no secret ingredient trope, which is all that Kung Fu Panda is about. But... Basically, he Robert Duvall's character Harry lies to Troll Cole, saying there are Troll. troll sorry, <laughs> Cole. Uh, Cole Trickle just kind of merged into Troll. Um, troll Kickle. Tr- <laughs> nice. That there are there's there special tires because Cole doesn't know he's an idiot. He even says I don't know anything about cars. So there's special tires. I know it in my heart. And then he does it and he says, Oh, there's special tires. Actually, there's nothing special about the tires. There is no secret ingredient. You just have to believe in something. In order for it to be special, it doesn't actually have to be special. So it's a good trope. Um, it works a lot in movies. Um, good job. Um, sleazy guy wants to get them back on the track ASAP, whether it's good for them or not. So that's the 
you know, like the doctors, like not the doctor, but there's always that the agent or the coach, the lawyer, basically, or the lawyer. We got to get him back out there so he can race. Well, he's got he's got a bruise on his brain the size of a golf ball. You know, he can't even see what he's doing. Which, by the way, that scene while they're both, why were they both in that room? I thought that was weird. Yeah, where they were getting their diagnosis. Yeah, why were they yeah, both? Yeah, doesn't that break the... some sort of privacy law? Yeah, that seems like Did not in racing world. Back in 1989, I would I would assume so. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but I'm glad you brought that up, Sean, because that scene played out exactly the big movie before this one with Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. Jester, get him back up in the air as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, almost yeah. word for word. Right. And even doesn't even Fred Thompson like deliver those lines or something? Isn't Fred Thompson in? <laughs> isn't he not in, in Top Gun? No. No, no. I don't oh, okay. <laughs> Just, any movie where there's... Well, now I'm having to look. Thanks, Thanks, Every time there's a movie with like military aircraft, I just assume Fred Thompson's in it because I know he's in. This is our second Fred Thompson movie because he was in um, Hunt for Hunt October. October, right? So to get the trifecta, we need to do like Baby's Day Out or something. I don't know. Oh Lord, I know, right? Um, or we'll just I don't know. Anyway, uh, other tropes: fight gets the former enemies. Yeah, uh, hero acts like a child. That that's the scene where, you know, the guy bumps him and he gets all frustrated, so he goes and chases after the cabbie. Uh, payback's a bitch. That's one of my favorite tropes. You know, the the whole movie, Carrie Ellis is is bump drafting Cole and pushing him into the wall and throwing him down, and he finally gets to the last ra- race and just he finally gets to you know give him payback and pushes him into the wall. And when I, I will say this, when he when he keeps setting him up in the last scene, in the last race of the movie. He, he goes high and then he, he gets pushed in the wall and he backs out and he goes high again and he's like, "This guy's going down, Harry. And this is for you." And you get these inspirational <laughs> yeah, that moments. Was a much. Oh, it's cheesy, yeah. but whatever. It's just pure golden cheese. Yeah. Along he, with the the strumming of the electric guitars. Oh yeah. In the background. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. He goes up high. He doesn't actually go up high. Carrie always goes up high. He put go, Cole goes low. Puts him into the wall. And you kind of have that moment like, "Yeah!" You don't, you almost want him to like. Push him into the wall so hard that like his car catches car on fire. Explodes. Exactly, you just want <laughs> Carrie Ellis just to blow up. Um, so there you go. Uh, and then the freeze frame ending uh, is a really good <laughs> and horrible trope. Um, I love it, especially that's pure eighties, really. Pure eighties yeah, did that a lot too. Of course, the Harry Potter three ended with a freeze frame, and it really was stupid. But whatever. Um, we got sexism in the, in racing that that happened a lot. There was a lot of sexism going on. Um, I'd be racing again if it was a male doctor. Oh, okay, <laughs> sure. Um, because good because, friend, because the South is always very, oh, so oh. very, very, um, you know, not only racist, but, uh, yeah, we're sexist, sexist and as well, everything yeah. else. And we all live in outhouses and don't have running water or electricity. And in fact, I mean, this, this podcast, we're actually, this podcast is actually being Double recorded and string and we record to, um, uh, cylindrical discs like they had back in the 1800s and i actually have to uh get on my horse and take it to somewhere in the north and then they convert it to digital it's just it's it's a it's a rough business yeah you know the generator out back is powering my my computer right now and i got that generator working on moonshine so uh right you know we're we're doing real well (laughs) if if chad evans were still with us he would tell us (laughs) that his dad actually does that so, and I've had some of that moonshine, and yes, yeah, it will it, it will potent. it will power your weed eater. Anyway, if I drop off this podcast, the uh, the wind stopped blowing my windmill from my power. Right, <laughs> right. 
Well, I've got um, my son running on the uh, <laughs> the little battery thing. Oh me. yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, your your kid can run forever. Um, <laughs> Load him up on chocolate. He can go for days. Rowdy uh, Rowdy has a potty mouth. I, I wrote that because every third word he said was the s word. I just, um, I mean, if this would have been a hard R, he would have been f bombing it like crazy. You would have been hearing, you would have been hearing, woo, all over the place. <laughs> um. And then I did think this was weird, Stuart. In in the last race of the of the of the movie, they're at Daytona, and the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl. They uh, what's his name? Cole uh, spins out. Um, what's his name? Uh, Wheeler. He spins out Wheeler. There's no. There was no caution. They just kept going. I thought that was so strange. That that would have ruined the momentum of the. Of the I moment. guess because literally, like, there's no caution, and then like, a three minutes later, there is then another wreck, and then they do caution. And can and we talk about the wrecks? The wrecks were awesome. They were, they were filmed awesome. beautifully. I mean, yes. How in the heck they did that? You know, the, well, this is pre uh, a lot of throwaway CGI. cars. Yeah, I mean, this was this. They did some pretty darn good wrecks. Well, I talked. I'll. I'll um... Greg Sachs was one of the NASCAR drivers who drove one of the camera cars. Mm-hmm. And uh, you had basically three NASCAR drivers that uh, drove camera cars with cameras in the bumpers. And, you know, not like the little teeny cameras. These were big film you know, cameras. Film These cameras are, yeah, 32 millimeter film cameras. That shot either six, eight, or 12 minute, you know, clips. And yeah. one of the interesting things is at Phoenix. Uh, Bobby Hamilton, who was driving a camera car for the production company, actually went out and qualified fifth. Hmm. So right. They took the cameras out of the car and let the guy race. Yep. <laughs> and he ended up like winning, like he actually became a NASCAR driver, didn't he? Oh, absolutely. He had a long career, but uh, he actually led some laps. But they went through a lot of pyrotechnics uh, for the, the dramatic part of the movie, blowing off quarter panels. It's actually pretty hard to get... You know, to rip someone's bumper off or to lose a quarter panel, it takes, you know, a lot of momentum. So there's a lot of pyrotechnics in these cars. And the actual NASCAR <laughs> drivers that were on track were thinking these stunt guys are crazy driving around in a car at 160, 180 miles an hour with pyrotechnics. Pyrotechnics. Right. With explosives on board. Yeah, it's the, it's the, it's this NASCAR equivalent of uh, blood squibs. Yeah. Uh, but that, it, but that, yeah. To, to, it was fun to see the... Whenever, anytime there was a wreck, there was always fireworks that went off. There was always sparks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna we're gonna uh, one last thing I want to get to uh, just say real quick. Uh, maybe do I? Uh, no, wait, not, 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 that's not it. Where is it? Ooh. No. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, that's it. So, uh, so I want to do some trivia real quick, and then I've got a whole bunch of questions for Stu. We're just gonna take a whole segment and just do questions for Stu, like this is a call-in show. Um, um, trivia: The scene where Cole and Rowdy race rental cars on the beach shows birds scattered out of the way. The birds were lured onto the beach with bird seed, and in the first take, most of them were run over. Oh no! Yeah. So, so where was Peta when you need him? Well, there's there's actually uh, Peta actually has a film commission, uh, film industry, film branch that they do where they actually, if there's any kind of animal on set they will send a representative and you have to pay for that person to be there on set while you're there 
And all they do is make sure you don't be mean to animals. So you don't run over birds. So you don't run over birds. And this probably was a thing that happened, I'm not saying because of this movie, but certainly after this movie. The Western that I was worked on in Western North Carolina, we had horses. So she was there all the time. Um, I can't remember her name, but um, and she was she was actually she was from um, she was too from from Australia. So she had a great accent, but she made sure that the horses were always taken care of, and and she talked to us. You know, like I did, I'd never been around horses ever, and she I was the boom operator, and she said, "Don't ever swing that boom above the horse's head." Because horses are spooked by things that fly above them. They think it's some dangerous thing, and they'll get spooked and run away. So whenever there were lines being delivered near the horses, I had to boom from underneath so the horses weren't getting freaked out. And that pissed off the director because we had to change all of our camera angles. But hmm. I'm not going to have some 2,000-pound animal running around set because the, the director wants it to look a certain way. So... Well, you think the boom operator would know better? Well, I don't. Why would I know anything about horses? I mean, <laughs> I live in Charlotte, where it's nothing but farmland. Wait, wait, <laughs> that's not right. Uh, so to, to take the point off of what's trivia, NASCAR driver Greg Sachs, uh, uh, Stewart's just talking about, did most of Tom Cruise's stunt driving. Cruise wanted to do his own stunt driving, but wasn't allowed to for insurance reasons. The Chevrolets were prepared by Rick Hendrick's racing team which later used some of the movie star movie cars in real races. 35 cars were wrecked during filming. Thought that was kind of cool. Uh, <laughs> there's a bunch of trivia. I only wrote down the ones that I thought that were kind of interesting. Production began without a finished script. Scenes were often written on the day of filming. During one driving sequence, Tom Cruise actually had to read his lines off cue cards attached to his windshield, which resulted <laughs> into a minor car accident. <laughs> For, well, for subs- yeah, reading and driving. Hmm. Who 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 would have known? For subsequent <laughs> driving scenes, Cruz <laughs> was fitted with a special earpiece to have the lines fed to him. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. You know what's funny about that? Not starting a movie without a finished script. When they went into production, the original budget was thirty-five million dollars. Mm-hmm. When they finished, it was over seventy. And then with marketing, the movie had to make over a hundred million dollars just to break even. And it didn't. It only grossed eighty-two. That's correct. Wow. Um, but obviously, DVD sales and reruns on TNT probably got it. Overall gross, probably. Well, just the DVD sales from the cheap seat reviews is going to push it over a hundred million. Probably. <laughs> people need Darn to go out. And, people are going to go out and buy this thing, or you can watch it on Netflix, and they obviously get uh, a couple pennies every time someone notches, watches it on Netflix. Robin Wright was originally uh, suggested for the role of Claire Lewicki, which is a terrible name, by the way. That's the doctor. That was uh, Nicole Kidman's part. It's a terrible name. Um, but was unavailable. Allison Duty, Sarah Jessica Parker, <clears throat> Molly <throat> Ringwald, Julia Roberts, Meg Ryan, Brooke Shields, Sharon Stone, Heather Locklear, Sandra Bullock, Jodie Foster, and Ali Sheedy all turned down the role for Claire Lewicki. Oh, Julia Roberts would have been great. Um, I would have yeah. been a fan of I agree. either Sandra Bullock because later she did speed, so obviously she can drive a bus. That that might that might that helps, but right? Did Nicole ever drive a car in this movie? No. Yeah. Uh no, she does. She drives her BMW. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah, and she almost runs over uh um Tom Nicole Cruise. almost didn't let her get into the car, you know, um, so I guess Yeah, and I wrote this one only for Corny, okay? Uh, two weeks ago, we did an episode based on on just scores and soundtracks, and Corny picked a guy that none of us had ever heard of. So, 
Harold Faltermeyer turned down the scoring duties on this film. Uh, but he recommended fellow German composer Hans Zimmer to the Hans. producers. There Hans was also recommended to director Tony Scott by his brother Ridley Scott and star Tom Cruise. Hmm. So there you go. Um, so that's that's actually kind of all of my notes, um, oddly enough. Uh, and I wrote down a whole lot. But now we have time for – let's do – actually, I want to do um, clips real quick. I wrote down – I captured some clips. You know, actually, real quick, you were yeah. talking about sound with, you know, Faltermeyer and, and Zimmer. Mm-hmm. One of the things that gets overlooked about this movie, you know, with all the cheese and the 80s and the mullets and pyrotechnics and everything, this movie was nominated for an Academy Award. Yeah, it was. It sure oh, was. Wow. Was it sound editing or – Best sound. Yep. Best That's, sound. Wow. Yeah. Absolutely. Sound guys are um, important. Yeah. Yeah. They got those cars to really sound like thunder. Stop it. <laughs> I will say this. Uh, the, it won BMI Film and TV Awards for Best Film Score. Hans huh. Zimmer in 91. How weird is that? That's What was he against? Uh Oh, there's a bunch of winners. Okay, <laughs> never mind. Because <laughs> Back to the Future Part 3 with Alan Silvestri, Dances with Wolves, John Barry, Dick Tracy, Danny Elfman. I believe Elfman. Dances won that year, didn't it? Uh, I don't know. I'm not. This is BMI Music Film Music Awards. Yeah. Um, Broadcast Media Industries, I think, is what BMI stands for. <laughs> Mike, uh, Die Hard 2, Michael Kamen, Home Alone, John Williams, Hunt for Red October, Basil Poldras. <sighs> Uh, anyway, I'm not going to read more because there's there's more. Um, and I'm bored. Yeah, <laughs> we all are <laughs> at this point. So with that being said, um, I'm going to play some clips of some people. Um, we're going to play clips of um, this. Track and hit the pace car. Hit the pace car? Hit the pace car. What for? Because you hit every other goddamn thing out there. I want you to be perfect. I just thought that was a funny quote. <laughs> Great clip. That's one of my... It's, could sell a million t-shirts. That's right. And then the other one that could sell a million t-shirts. Yeah. Eating ice cream. Ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... You know, I'm thinking with that scene, if it had been a hard R, you, you know, he would have said, ice cream, about three seconds, like, you mother... And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the scene when, um, when he goes into pit and the air gun screws up, and he's saying, son of a murder, dipper, 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 dipper. Like, you would have been hearing F-bombs if this thing would have been, you know, Tony Art. Scott's later films, like Taking yeah. a Pelham 1, 2, 3, which is, yeah. oh, gosh, John Travolta's friggin' F-bomb city, man. I mean, um, he would give Sam Jackson a run for his money in uh, any other Sam Jackson film. So uh, I don't, those are the only two I captured. There are way more opportunities to get more. Uh, I just unfortunately didn't have time. But there was a lot of really great one-liners in this movie. Obviously, Rubbin's Racing. And um, that, that might even be on a top 100 somewhere. I don't know. Yeah, so, I wonder how many people were disappointed with real NASCAR with, with after watching this in terms of you know not being so darn dramatic. In terms of yeah. crashing people to win. you know. Well, uh, let's remember that before this movie came out, your wide-ranging NASCAR films were Stroker Ace with Burt Reynolds in a chicken costume. <laughs> That's why I go. That to sounds you. terrible. It, it, I'm just telling you, Stroker Ace. That, I've that never was, heard of that. Yeah, I've never, never heard, heard of, of Stroker that. Ace. In no, you know, this area. I'm not from Charlotte. Well, it's, it's legal in Nevada. <laughs> yeah, you can't stroke an ace in a Nevada. They'll, they'll 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 throw you out of those casinos. 
And, and that had a great tie-in because the director for that movie was Hal Needham, and he was a NASCAR car owner who Harry Gant drove for for many years. And then we had this long stretch with no NASCAR-themed movies, and it still just boggles my mind that basically you go from a Stroker Ace <laughs> to a Days of Thunder, and then you have a 15-year gap or so until we get to Talladega Nights. Talladega Nights. And let's not forget Herbie Fully Loaded because the Volkswagen no, Beetle enters into NASCAR and wins a race. Let's not forget that movie. That was that was Lindsay Lohan's prime act. Okay, I can't even say that with a straight face. <laughs> Though I do love the Herbie movies, but that movie is an abomination. Anyway, um, <laughs> that stupid movie. Uh, makes me sad. So now it's time for questions for Stuart. Go. I, I really wish I had, again, I wish I had a, uh, it's now time for questions with Stuart. Nerf herder. So, oh, thank hey. you. Jeez, that was loud. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but, but do that after every question. I like that. So that's your, okay. do that from now on, Corny. Um, uh, so questions for Stuart. Not yet, Corny. Why didn't they go – all right, remember the scene when – every time they would pit. I've watched NASCAR in the last 10 years. I've uh, been to a couple races. I have a friend who's actually – he works for NASCAR. Um, he's an inspector. He does tires this year. No, last year he did tires. This year he does – he literally measures the distance between the bottom of the frame and the ground. And if it has to be a certain clearance, otherwise he can actually black flag you. He can actually, you know, whatever. So – he um anyway what I was also so uh, you know now they have those they're basically boom guys they have these long poles with signs and they drop down so the driver knows where to stop but back in 1989 they had some poor soul standing with a sign in front of him and you have to hope that the brakes don't fail on your car so Stuart when did they stop doing that insane stupid thing <laughs> now now's the time for the ding corny okay thank you okay. Basically, NASCAR enacted a lot of safety measures, which has saved a lot of lives. And you're right. You used to have a guy with a pit board that would get out there, and he would hope that the driver would stop. Well, in super speedways like Talladega and Daytona, they run very small brake packages. And the driver would have to be very good about you know knowing when to put his brakes on so he could come to a stop before he hit that guy. And there were many Jeez. signboard guys who came up and over the car. And, of course, this movie being filmed in 89... There was no pit road speed limit. If you decided that you wanted to come down pit road at 105 or 120 and get on the binders and stop, you thought you could, you did. There were no helmets. So NASCAR made great strides in the late 90s and then in the early 2000s to bring pit road safety up to an acceptable standard. Isn't there a um, – this isn't a question, Corny, don't make the noise. Isn't there a, a, a pit road speed limit? There is now. On <laughs> Thank every, you, Corny. <laughs> on every oh, same, race, I think. <laughs> speed limit. It's not. It's not the same uh, speed limit for every race. Mm -hmm. It just depends on the size of the track. Okay. For some reason, I I heard that, but I always thought it was like there was a set number. But um, I only remember because I've only been to. Okay, now we're getting carried away. Um, this is why I need to be the sound effects guy. <laughs> um, I you can blame that one on Sam. <laughs> yeah, that was me. I'm gonna I'm gonna hang up with you, Sam. Here in a second. Um. <laughs> Uh, I've only been to to the to the races here at Charlotte Motor, uh, International Charlotte Motor Speedway, not International International Airport. Um, 
And I always remember them saying something like it was 60 miles an hour or something like that. So mm-hmm. I was, On most mile and a half tracks, it's either 55 or 60 miles an hour. Okay. Which seems oh. so freaking slow when you're used to going 180. Um, well, anyway. So, okay. So, question for Stu. Uh, we already answered that one. Question for Stu. Um, can you move your hands that much while driving? Yes. Really? <laughs> you wear a five-point restraint harness, which is basically over no, no, no. I'm asking I'm, different question. Not the freedom of motion that he has in the car when he's like got on his hands wheel. on the wheel. He is everywhere. I mean, he looks like he's driving down the bumpiest road you've ever been on your pickup truck, and your hands are bouncing left to right all over the screen. And some of the racetracks that we race at today, they are as bumpy as they were in that movie, and you are sliding all over, and you are on the edge of control. Wow. And it's not just one car like that. There's 43 cars. So when you hear these uh, Fox and these you know, uh, ESPN announcers say they have to get up on the wheel and drive the cars, they are literally just in there for sometimes 500 laps, fighting it every lap. Wow. Um, okay. Uh, are you related to Russ? <laughs> Sorry, I had to throw that in there. Okay. Um, yes, our father owned Hardee's. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice. Yes. I don't think Sean got it. Yeah. Well, Jerry Richardson owns Hardee's, so yeah. But Russ, no, I thought he owned sponsored by Hardee's. He does both. I think he has, owns both. Then he, I, I thought he founded Hardee's, but he owns Bojangles. I he owned TriStar, which was the largest largest Hardee's uh, franchisee. Yeah. Okay. Um. I've heard it both. Ways. Oh, they. Yeah. Sorry, I had to. I was trying to read this, trying to make sense of it in my mind. There's a scene in the movie where doesn't. Russ Wheeler actually bump Cole in pit row. Isn't that very, very illegal? <laughs> I gotta feel that's gonna get annoying. You know, actually, there's probably more bumping on pit road than there is on the track because, especially today with pit road speed limits, when you come down, you're trying to gain as much as you can. So it's not uncommon to get in the back of someone on pit road. Hmm. I think what you're talking about is where he pulls in and blocks Cole when he's in the pits. Uh, not that moment, but okay. sure, we can talk about that too. But uh, there was actually a specific scene where he's coming into pit and he he actually pushes him, I thought, and then someone else goes out and that's why Cole ends up like spinning and going straight into the wall. And he says, oh, this is going to hurt and like crashes right into the wall. Yep. Um, hmm. so that's crazy. Well, uh, what, what, about that, what about that blocking uh, thing you were just talking about? Ooh, sorry. We all, we all still here? Yep. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing because I pulled up Skype and <laughs> Stuart has changed his profile picture once again to a picture of me pointing at candy. Um, <laughs> it's so weird. Sorry. Uh, what about what about when uh, Wheeler uh, blocks him in and he can't get out? Is that a thing that happens too? That's very common, especially in short tracks like uh, Bristol, Martinsville, where pit road's very tight. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why... Uh, pit road selection is a major part of the crew chief's job now. Very strategic of where you pit your car. Really? Who gets to choose first? Pole? It's, no, it's actually done by qualifying. Hmm. So if you qualify in the pole, you get to pick. Uh, oh, yeah. So, yeah, that's what I was asking. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's neat. That's... If, if, if in today's, I'd always pit uh, right behind Danica because she's going to be five laps down by lap 10. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, so, actually, I kind of—I have a question I'd like to interject. Yes. All right. So, how how common was it for, or how common is it, where you have a, 
a former IndyCar uh, to make the transition over to NASCAR. Danica Patrick. Well, not only that, Danica Patrick, A.J. Allmendinger, Tony Stewart. Yeah. Didn't uh, Tony Stewart do the Indy 500 and the Daytona? He did. He did the double. And then, of course, you have Juan Problem Montoya, who decides to hit the fuel truck. <laughs> did you just call him Problem? Yeah. I don't think that's his Juan actual middle name. Problem Montoya. Okay, Pablo. <laughs> he called him Problem. I'm like, <laughs> I don't think that's his actual middle name. <laughs> yeah, trust me. In NASCAR, it was. I bet you. Yeah. And he's actually gone back to uh, IndyCar open wheel racing. So there have been uh, quite a few drivers uh, in, in the last couple of years, and there were some that didn't make it. I mean, there were Dario Franchitti came over, didn't make it. Uh, so the ones that have made it have done pretty good for themselves. Well, that's good. Um, can you change drivers? Can Because I thought, and this is just me, I, obviously you put the sponsorship on the car and the driver, but Rowdy just needs the car to, to win, to be in the top five at Daytona, I think, or he loses his sponsorship. So does it, does it truly not matter to the sponsor who's driving as long as the car finishes well? Correct. <laughs> From a sponsorship point, especially back in 89, you didn't have as many in-car camera shots as you know we do now. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know the, the TV panel on the back of the car, the quarter panels, the hood, all that was showing. Every time that's showing, that is huge dollars to the sponsorship. And there are actually companies that keep track of every time every logo is showing in focus. That's hmm. why they know that if Lowe's... Uh, sponsors Jimmy Johnson for let's say sixteen million dollars a year, but they get twenty six million dollars worth of TV time back. It's very easy to write that check to him next year, right? Especially when he keeps winning championships. Well, correct. But, and, yeah. You know the old adage is you either win or you spin because you can get just as much TV time spinning. What in the what in the world is happening? <laughs> is there, is there oh, a, you guys hear the, you guys hear the train? Yes. yes. <laughs> Well, you know, because we live out in the country, I, I'm actually on the track. Uh, oh, you're stealing! You're stealing power from locomotives. I am actually. That's what steam you're doing. Power. That's actually really clever. Your steam power. Yeah, you're calling in through the telegraph line next to the, uh, the tracks there. Oh my gosh! Yes, Green Acres. Yeah, you have to climb up the telephone pole to make a phone call. Sorry, um, guys. I'm not really. I'm not, nothing I can do about that. No, there's not. You can't. No, I mean, no. whatever. That's fine. Um, my last question, if you guys have questions for Stu, this is a great time to ask. My last question is, do they really get that dirty? Because he was filthy. The drivers today don't because they're all required by NASCAR to wear a full face helmet mm-hmm. with a shield. Most of them wear uh, some type of covering for their neck for flame retardant. But if you remember the late, great Dale Earnhardt, he always wore the open-faced helmet with the goggles. Mm-hmm. And you have a competitor in front of you blowing engine with an oil line. It all gets sucked back into your car, and some of those tracks, you go to Darlington, the amount of dirt and grit you get on your face just from sweating when it's 90 degrees, plus it's another 40 or 50 degrees sitting behind that firewall in the car. Mm-hmm. So, yes, you get that dirty. Cool. All right. I was Because I guess that obviously makes a big difference because of, of, the, of the time, you know, back in 89 when they were filming this, because cause my, my, what my wife says, Sarah, she says, He's gonna get Nicole Kidman filthy when he gets out and hugs and kisses all over here. And I don't, I don't remember ever seeing Jeff Gordon or whatever getting out of the car and being all filthy and whatever. But like you said, they're wearing full, you know, they're basically wearing you know motorcycle helmets. You know, those like crotch rockets. They got a anyway. So that's all my questions. Do you guys have any questions for Stu relative to the movie? Oh, 
<laughs> Sam uh, says, oh. Let me tell you my favorite part of this movie. Please. And, you know, we've already determined that it, it was put up for an Academy Award for Best Sound, but one of the best ever audio mistakes I've ever seen in a movie. And a lot of people don't pick it up. But is when Cole's talking on the on, he's not actually talking. No, no, even better than that. Th- those little you know happen. If you remember the scene where uh, Claire and Cole are walking on a grass hill with Rowdy, and he's telling about going to build a hill. Mm-hmm. I mean, build his house on this hill. Yeah, yeah. when they're and in the then, boat. Yeah, and then Rowdy's wife walks into the picture. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She says, "Hello, Tom." <gasps> oh. Hey. And I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch that. Oh my gosh! It is the best audio mistake ever. <laughs> that, that is brilliant. Oh my gosh! Um, and she doesn't say. I mean, she says it c- clear as day. And if you do watch it again, watch the expression on Tom Cruise's face and Nicole Kidman's face. <laughs> How did they not catch that? You know. Well, it, it could have been they only shot that scene once. Or it just didn't get caught, you know, in post. Wow. That's so weird. There's um, there's actually people that do that. It's, they're called script supervisors, and that's their job. Um, but, you know, <laughs> they, they can only do so much. That's, <laughs> that's too awesome. funny. I'm, I'm actually actively right now on Netflix. I'm trying to get to that scene because I, I so want to hear that. And I just... I gotta find it. Is it? It's, uh, it's after the big wreck, obviously, right? Oh yeah, it's way after the big wreck because he's not racing, and yeah, you know what's interesting is when this was filmed, Nicole Kidman was only twenty three, and then she wed Tom Cole within a year of production being wrapped up. Right. Yeah, because her and uh, uh, yeah, because then they were together in Far and Away. They were a married couple in Far and Away. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. Let's see if I can. Oh, not this part. Just be up. <laughs> I'm really, this is cracking me up. I got to get there. Come on. Okay, here we go. So they're walking up. They're walking down a grass hill. Yeah. All I want to do is work on race cars. Got to racing. Now all I want to do is make enough money to work on a farm. Hi, Claire. I'm Jenny. Nice to meet you. Hi. Nice to meet you. Hi, Kyle. Hi, Jenny. Yep. Ah, there it is. <laughs> Hi, Tom. Oh, my gosh. That is awesome. That is hilarious. Oh, yes, thanks. <laughs> and if you look at his eyes, he's like, did she just call me by my real name? Yep. And and at that point, the director said, the director said, Nerf herder. Yeah. <laughs> and then he said, Ooh. so, um... That's just then you, hilarious. Then you got some guy going back. His name is Cole. <laughs> yeah. His name is Cole. Dang it. So that's that is hilarious. Thank you Stuart for that. Yeah. Awesome. I would have never noticed that. Oh, never. I wouldn't have have either. Maybe it's under the goose, but I would never have even I don't usually look at goose when I'm looking at some stuff for the for the podcast. Well, thank mm-hmm. you Stuart for that. That's awesome. That was um <laughs> another really fun thing about watching a film that's 25 or 30 years old is you go back and you look for those characters that have a, a two, four, six, or eight second scene that are now huge characters. Yeah. And I didn't notice until I was watching the third time in a row yesterday that Margot Martindale in the opening scene where they're at Daytona and Cole's going to try out Rowdy's car. She's the lady with the stopwatch, right? 
she's and she's up there clicking it. She's on screen for maybe ten seconds. Yep. But now look at her. You know, she's been in Justified. She's on the comedy of the Miller. She, you know, she's a huge star. Yeah, she's in the Americans. Yeah. Um, uh, Smash, Person of Interest, Suits. She does a lot of TV stuff. Obviously, Justified, A Gifted Man, Harry's Law, uh, Secretariat, Mercy. Yeah, she's been in a bunch of stuff. But this was like this was her first gig, right? She has some, um, according see. to IMDb, a couple other real small parts. Yeah, but... a TV movie and then a TV miniseries. But this was her direct. This was her film debut, and then she did The Rocketeer as Millie. That's kind of cool. I love The oh, Rocketeer. That, I do too. It's, it's a, I wonder how that holds up. I haven't seen that in forever. I haven't either. That would be fun. Corny, is it streaming? Do do that research while we're continuing to talk. Yeah. Um, what we doing, Rocketeer? Yeah, just see if The yeah. Rocketeer is streaming. If not, we should find a way to watch that movie because that's an old comic book movie, and those those older ones kind of make me. Happy because yeah, because they they kind of were. It is not streaming. Oh, we need to find a way to get a hold of that. Um, yeah, but you know, I for the ways. the hundred and fifty or two hundred you know diehard NASCAR fans that listen to cheap seat reviews, <laughs> they will actually know that the Cole Trickle character was based off uh, basically the life of Tim Richmond. Unless you're a real diehard NASCAR fan for a long time, most people most people who are who know Jeff Gordon and Jimmy Johnson, Tony Stewart, don't even know who Tim Richmond was. But uh, coming out of the late 70s into the 80s and even in the 90s, NASCAR was a regional southern sport. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was cowboy hats, good old boys. And in, when Tim Richmond came to the sport, he was the, the guy who showed up on the motorcycles, who had you know, the big fluff back mullet, who, who dressed nicely. And he was all about living and partying and having a good time. He's kind of the Jeff Gordon before Jeff Gordon. Yeah, if you want to call Jeff Gordon a party boy, now Jeff. Gordon I don't know if he was, but I know that when he came on, I remember. I'm old enough to remember that when he started winning, people didn't like him because he he didn't talk with a southern accent and Correct. he wasn't from the south. He was yeah. he hadn't paid his dues in the south. He was just this. He was a Yankee, and that pissed a lot of people off. And that's why you either hate Gordon or you love him. Yeah. Uh, and getting off script a little bit, but let me tell you my best Jeff Gordon line. Okay. Jeff Gordon, uh, who is from Pittsburgh, Indiana, won the first ever Brickyard at 400, which is obviously held at the uh, Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was just one of those setup things that the kid from Indiana wins the first NASCAR race yeah. in Indiana. It was in front of a sold-out crowd of almost 400,000 people. Wow. Uh, the next year, Dale Earnhardt Sr. won the race. He went on David Letterman, and uh, he said, uh, Letterman's, you know, interviewing Earnhardt, and he says, you know, uh, how come you didn't uh, win the race the first time? He says, well, he says, he says, I'm the, I'm the first man to win a race because Jeff Gordon was like 23 at the time. And it was, it was such a dig at Jeff Gordon that it, 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 it set up this rivalry, you know, almost between Jeff Gordon and Dale Earnhardt Sr. Just because Earnhardt uh, for, coined the phrase uh, Wonder Boy for him because hmm. he was winning so constantly. Right. And Tim Richmond back in the uh, – uh, mid '80s to you know late '80s was doing the same thing. Huh. How about that? And then uh, a lightning struck a tree, and then he made a bat and wrote Wonder Boy on it. Oh, sorry, it's the natural. Um, 
That's a long stretch. That's an old movie. That's what you did there. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah I, I followed you. I just didn't. didn't hey, it, it will tie in later, okay? So shut your mouth. Yeah, you so, drove it home. <laughs> thank you. Um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, All right, let's get this podcast back on uh, track. Well, whatever. We're, we're, we're kind of nearing the end um, of this thing. Uh, the soundtrack. So uh, the soundtrack is fun. It's energetic. It's... I think it's it fits what this movie is. It's it, it is high energy. It's fast. There's a couple of moments. Um, Hans Zimmer is a big fan of techno music. Uh, in fact, on his Pirates of the Caribbean two soundtrack, he actually takes the that kind of that pirate theme, the Jack Sparrow theme, and puts it to techno music. Um, there's a couple of times you can kind of f- feel that in this movie, when when like a couple of times when he's doing the the when he and Harry are just hanging out and they're racing, we'll do it 50 laps your way. We'll do it 50 laps my way. And that music, that driving music has that kind of, dun, 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 dun. no, not the, not speed, oh. <laughs> but it's kind of got that, that, actually you're right. That, oh, that was sorry. speed. Um, <laughs> but, but nice try, Corny. Your head's in the game with the cars and the fast and stuff. Only in these cars, they don't blow up if they go under 50. Uh, they go, they blow up if you go over 9,000 RPMs. Um, uh, so anyway, uh, I was a big fan of the soundtrack, um, but I wrote for the soundtrack, I wrote, this is Hans Zimmer doing his 90s stuff before Crimson Tide made him famous. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it's true. I mean, Hans Zimmer did a lot of crap before he got really good. Um, and I mean, crap is not the right word. He did, well, yeah, yeah, it is. He did a lot yeah. of really bad before he did some <laughs> really good. Now, this one was one of his, one of his better ones. I know we talked about Hans a couple weeks ago, um, on our on our soundtrack one, but he he did a lot of bad before he did some good. But this is one of the really good ones. I, I really like this soundtrack again. It's really fun. So um, there you go. So that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, I do want to uh, make an offer to you guys: a seventy thirty split. You guys each get ten percent. That's the thirty. I'll take seventy. It's Days of Thunder two. Claire and Cole have had a son. He's now come up. He's become a race car driver. Well, uh, Cole owns the team, and uh, the Russ Wheeler character is at the very end of his career. He's the old veteran out there, and I've written the script. Uh, we're going to get all the characters to make an appearance. Uh, we could easily do $150 million on opening weekend. <laughs> well, <laughs> part, of, part of the problem is is that I thought that that, that script had already been written. Um there was actually talks of a um, Days of Thunder two and a Top Gun two, both were be produced by Tom, uh, no Tom Cruise. He was going to be oh, okay. one of the main producers. Bruckheimer would have obviously been involved, uh, at least on this film. Um, but then, you know, Tony Scott Scott died because he was slated to direct them, and so that that they all just kind of that that process just kind of went away. So I don't. Uh, so yeah, sure, Stuart. I'm with you. Um, I'm all in. I'll be your sound guy. There you go. There you yeah, go. Just don't don't put him in a car. Oh my god! And remember, keep the boot mic below the horses' heads when you're in Charlotte, North Carolina. <laughs> right. And uh, and we won't run over any birds this time. I like it. Uh, cool. Well, this is kind of we're kind of winding down here. So this is the part of the show where I say, "Hey, there was no Star Trek connection," and Sam says, "Hallelujah." Yeah. So anyway, um. 
so on the whole, I think I think obviously the okay. three of us really liked this movie. Corny, uh, he was on the fence a little bit, but that's okay. Uh, so at this point, um, I usually do the out of ten. How many stars out of ten would you have given this movie? Um, of course, I usually do something similar or something silly. So, uh, Corny, you're going to go first. How many bad accents would you give this movie out of ten? I would give Carl about a vote out of ten. I couldn't understand anything you said. You, no, do it in your Stallone. Do it in the Stallone. Oh, okay, here we go. Uh, I would give it a probably a, a six point eight out of ten. You know, uh, that's stuck in there. And uh, uh, yeah, 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 six six out of ten. Yeah. So, well, you said six point eight or six. What is it? Uh, I, I don't know what I said. Yeah. <laughs> We're just no, gonna... I, I'll give it a. I'll give it a. I'll give it a. I'll give it a six out of ten. Six. It was it was in, it was enjoyable enough to watch. I just it was weird. Okay, um, uh, Sam, how many ice cream cones would you give this? <laughs> um, I would I would give this a good a solid seven and a half sweet and low packets uh, out of ten. <laughs> nice, <laughs> seven and a half. And uh, I shouldn't even really have to ask, but I'm going to ask Stuart. How many wrecked pace cars would you give this? I would give it ten brand new NASCAR. <laughs> Cars, nice, uh, very so, nice, so tense. This is going to obviously skew our pattern uh, for the or our, <laughs> our, our thing rankings. Uh, yeah, I, I I really had a good time with it, probably more so than I thought I would, and it probably I think probably helped my mood because I watched this with my wife and um, and she was again watching this for the probably the fortieth time, but it was kind of through new eyes for her, and I, I really had a good time watching it with her and. And I was actually texting Sam back and forth because we were both watching it. I was about an hour ahead of him in the movie, but yeah. the movie's so freaking long that uh, yeah. it didn't matter. In fact, Sam, truth be told, I actually paused the movie. I came up here, did a test Skype run with Stuart, went back downstairs, and you still hadn't caught up to me. Yeah. yeah uh, it's just uh, Anyway, I just thought that was funny. Uh, but I personally would probably give it... Um, uh, Probably seven and a half Fred Thompsons out of ten. <laughs> so, so there you go. Uh, at this point now, we usually do a, we do a top not usually, but we do a top three. Uh, this week we picked the the, the topic of um, Robert Duvall. We wanted to do Robert Duvall movies. Um, we could have gone racing. We could have gone Tom Cruise, Nicole Kidman, but we're going to do Robert Duvall because, frankly, he's actually a pretty good actor, and some of the movies we do is, are pretty terrible, and I don't want to. Uh, we might not have a chance to do to do Robert Duvall again. So, um, so corny. <laughs> though obviously the point of this podcast isn't just to do bad movies because yes, again I think yes. this is a pretty good movie. Um, yeah, uh, we're not going to be doing rubber every week. Though by the way, on a side Thank note, God. there was a commercial for to recycle, and there was a um, plastic bottle running down the road. Like on its own, I'm like, oh my gosh, what the heck am I watching? Because I didn't know it was a commercial at first. Rubber two. I'm like, what is this rubber two? And then they find out that the bottle gets thrown into a recycling bin and then it gets turned into a bench. And I said, ooh, then people are going to sit on the bench and it's going to kill people. With, uh, anyway, um, so Corny, your top three Robert Duvall movies go. All right. I'm going to go with uh, Four Christmases. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he has one of the greatest one liners in that movie. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And uh, my, my wife and I enjoyed that movie uh, some it's, time ago. So it's a it's actually kind of near. It's a, it's a cute movie. We watch uh, it every Christmas here. 
the, the part when 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 Vince Vaughn says, "Dad, we're gonna we're gonna pay to have a, a professional come out and install your satellite dish," and he says, "Robert Duvall in a straight face says." If you think I'm going to let some sexual predator come into my house and rifle through my underwear drawer, you got another thing coming. I love it. Okay. All right. Uh, my second movie is going to be actually Secondhand Lines. Yeah. And so I, that's, that's actually thought it was a really good movie. Yeah. Uh, it's actually one I'd like to to review if we could we could, but I don't know. And last but not least, uh, Gone in sixty seconds. There you go. Also my top five of all time. Really? Wow. Yes. Wow. You have a lot of top fives because I've heard like four. Well, no, you, you've heard four of them, actually. Yes, you, you've heard four of them. The, the fifth yeah, Beverly Hills Cop uh-huh. is up there. Uh, Die Hard? Nope. Die Hard? I don't no. remember. We're not going to go over it, but uh, anyway. I yeah, just I yeah. So Gone in All 60 right. Seconds. Wow. Top five. That okay. was the second DVD I ever bought. Anyway, sorry. Interesting. <laughs> I, I only know that because um, I bought it the day after I bought uh, Romeo Must Die with Jet Li, which was the first DVD I ever. Oh, had. dude! And I remember I, I like kick flicks anyway. So, day, so gone in sixty seconds. Well, there you go, Sam. What you got? All right, um, my uh, third. What well, did you get to the top spot? Oh, did, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Gone okay. sixty seconds. Um, I got a tie for third between Apocalypse Now and Gods and Generals. Okay. Um, he always does really well with those historical war type movies for some reason. Right. Um, now. <laughs> I was trying to think of any other one besides of gods and generals. <laughs> Maybe he just fits so well in there. That, uh, okay. Uh, I was like, hard to, he hard is to old enough to have been in those movies. <laughs> right. All right. He plays a lawyer um, in a civil, a civil action, action. Yeah. Which is absolutely amazing. One of the best performances I've ever seen of his. I like it and when he falls asleep and then he wakes up and says objection. Objection. Yeah. And then, of course, the – gosh, this, this movie is almost uh, – if I had a top five, this movie would be in it, and it's, of course, The Godfather Part Two. Right. Hey, there you go. Well, so, uh, Stuart. A great book, but even a good movie, The Great Santini. Okay. Great Santini. I don't think I've heard of that one. I've had one of those. They taste delicious. Right. Read, read the book first and the movie. He plays a great supporting character in that. And then, of course, a couple of my movies already been taken uh, I was going to say uh, Gone in 60 Seconds and Apocalypse Now. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, I obviously haven't – I unfortunately have not seen Apocalypse Now. I, I missed those Vietnam movies for some reason. Apocalypse Now, Platoon, Full Metal Jacket. I've, I've missed those for some reason, but well, I'll get to them eventually. Um, so my top top three. Um, I got to double check one because <laughs> <laughs> I wrote it down because I, I distinctly remember him being in it, but for some reason I'm – I'm I'm questioning my um my correctness. Memory? Yeah, my memory. Um I know this is great radio and I should have done this like yeah, okay, it's him. Okay, good. I should have done this like an hour and a half ago. Number three. Um I, I since everyone has said gone in sixty seconds, I'm gonna throw that out and say the newsies with <laughs> with, with, with Christian Bale. He plays uh, Pulitzer he, he's only in the movie for about four and a half minutes, but he's he's really good. Um, I actually cheated and then put Days of Thunder because this is actually one of my favorite roles. And I know we don't usually want to say the movie that we just reviewed, but I really like him in this movie, and he's really fun. And my number one – I know, I'm cheating. And my number one uh, – well, fine. Day, instead of Days of Thunder, I'm going to say Gone in 60 Seconds. And then my number one would be The Natural with Robert Redford, uh, okay. where he plays a kind of a shyster writer. 
That I, you know, I had really good memories of that movie until I went back and watched it a few uh, months ago. Mm-hmm. It's really slow. It's a really oh, slow movie. God, Sam. I have a hard time with it. Every movie that doesn't have things blowing up or dinosaurs yeah. eating people to you yeah. is slow. It's just, it's a good movie. It's about yeah. the, the dichotomy between good and evil, and they put it around a baseball game, and Glenn Close is an angel. It, it's a good movie. Do they just, wave their arms in the, in the outfield and, and start flapping them, and, and the, the kid starts playing Really, yes, that's the really same. Well. That's the same exact movie. Oh, okay. Well, good. I'm going to watch it then. <laughs> you're such a dumbass. <laughs> now, I will say, if you're looking that's for, yes, <laughs> you know what, Sam? If you want to, uh, if you want to see a really good performance by uh, Duvall, that's all I have to say about you. Um, check him out in the few minutes that he's in the road. It's a horrible, horrible movie. Mm-hmm. Um, a great book by Cormac McCarthy, but um, horrible movie. But he plays. Uh, quite a character uh, in there and it's the the best five minutes you'll see of of him being an actor it's really good really good. good well there you go there's our top three that was yep. fun um all right we're now into our closing so what are we watching so uh Stuart, i always ask this every week of kind of what you've been watching recently other than this movie uh three times in a row uh so corny <laughs> what, what have you been watching this week or uh, recently well i uh i caught up on arrow Yep. And um, I'm I'm still a week behind. Yeah, so uh, you need to fix that. It's oh no no I'm, no no tomorrow tomorrow today is Tuesday as we record this. Um, so tomorrow Wednesday I will watch it and be caught up. So never mind. Okay, so uh, just do that. So, and yeah, I'm good uh, again, go. folks, if you're looking for a, a good, uh, if, if you could say popcorn eating show, this is certainly that. Yeah, uh, that's actually got some depth and better than the first. 12 episodes of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but yeah. the last two have and actually been really, really good. So. They have been good, but Arrow still kicks their butt. I think so. Okay. Uh, Sam? Um, I li- like you, uh, Marvel, I've caught up on the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, you're right, it is getting better. Hopefully it continues along that path. T- tonight's episode, again, as we record this, this is Tuesday night. We're supposed yeah. to have met the cellist. So I'm, oh, cool. okay. I'm actually really excited to watch that tomorrow at lunch. Um. I've watched uh, Pacific Rim. Um, <laughs> Is it as bad as it was the last time we saw it? It's it it kind of got worse because I don't know if it's <laughs> if it's my TV or or if the movie theater screen was that much clearer. It's getting harder to see the difference between the the monsters and the the uh, the robots. Hmm. So well, it must be the analog versus the. Uh... It was because yeah. it was analog. It was nuclear powered. Yeah, but it is still a lot of fun. It's still a lot of fun movie, and, and just... I enjoyed having it on in the background. Um. I finally got to see the, is it the Great and Powerful Oz. Mm-hmm. I told you that's fun, right? It's a great looking movie. Yeah, well, yeah, it's... absolutely beautiful, gorgeous, gorgeous movie. Mm-hmm. I, in, I don't. What's his name? Um, the lead actor, James Franco. Oz. I didn't buy him as Oz, and I, I, to me, it seemed like he phoned it in. I didn't. It just, I didn't think he did a really good job. And then um, when you finally got to meet the Wicked Witch of the West. Um, yeah, Mila Kundis, yeah. That was really bad makeup job. Yeah, it was. It looked, she looked really dumb. Yeah, that was horrible. You know, put warts on the face, not so smooth. I don't know, just do something. It just looked, looked She bad. She looked like a Star Trek alien. Oh, bad Star Trek alien. Right, like, like Star Trek, the original series alien, just yeah. with a pointy hat. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't really. Yeah, there's some really good stuff in that movie, but you're right. Yeah. The two, I think James Franco did okay, but you're right. The witch looked real bad. 
Yeah. Um, but whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, I've watched um, Monsters University, which was fun. Um, I watched Brave from Pixar. That's really good. That is really good. I was surprised at how good that was. Um, and how intense that movie was. Holy crap, you've watched a lot of stuff. I know. I was about to say, like, <laughs> what have you, you been doing? <laughs> well, don't don't forget, too, I just got all the movie channels for free for the next six months. So oh. I've been DVRing everything. Right. Um, okay, you're, you're cut off. Okay, Stuart. Oh, okay. We're, we're almost two hours. You're done. <laughs> <laughs> I've been very intrigued by another 80 star kevin bacon in the following okay bacon. Ooh, yeah uh, getting really good as we wrap up the season here and then i have gone all the way back in my dvd collection and are re-watching for next month all the 24 jack bauer episodes hmm. you know i've always meant to do that I, I caught the first and second season but then have not kept up with it since then and I keep telling myself I'm going to go check it out. Well, it's quite a time investment to watch, you know, five seasons worth of 24 just to get ready for this next little 12-episode uh, <laughs> clip. I, I do like how the poster I saw uh, somewhere that said, he literally said, um, I'm back, damn it. I just <laughs> thought that was pretty funny. Uh, cool. Uh, I watched Divergent yesterday with my wife. Uh, it's not as bad as... as uh, you might think it is. It's actually an okay movie to watch uh, and enjoy some popcorn with. Um, I saw Captain America 2 again today. Uh, again? Wow. Yeah, it's it's really fun. I really like it. In fact, having seen the last two Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Movie episodes and then rewatched the movie, the movie is actually better. Wow. Because you kind of know what's happening this time, and you can pick up on some more of the smaller nuances of the film. It's... It's creeping up there to be like it's probably my third favorite of the of the of the Marvel universe now. Avengers being wow. number one, Iron Man two, then this one. You mean Iron Man, the first Iron Man? Yeah, Iron Man, yeah. as in Iron Man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. you said Iron Man two. Mm -hmm. No, Iron Man, as in mm -hmm. whatever Iron Man. Mm -hmm. Cool, um, Corny. What are we doing next week? I guess we're gonna do timeline, right? Timeline. Yes. Timeline. Good. Um, right. Well, there you go. So I guess that's kind of it. Um, so there you go. So, so special thanks goes out to Stuart. Yes. Um, thank you, Stu. <laughs> thank you for filling in. Thank you for yes, pinch hitting. Um, this was a lot of fun. Um, I'm glad we got to do a NASCAR type movie. I'm glad that Days of Thunder was streaming. Uh, otherwise... I don't know what we would have done. <laughs> if, if, if we stay in our current track between Stoke, Stroke Race, Days of Thunder, and then Talladega Nights, I'll be talking with you guys again in about 22 years. 22 years. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, great. Well, uh, special thanks also goes out to Steve Everett for our intro music. Uh, check him out at Steve Everett. Uh, he's on Facebook. Apparently, I've been saying the wrong website, but I'll, I'll, I'll get a hold of it eventually. Uh, leave us a review on... I know, right? We're just so classy here. Um, leave us a review on iTunes. We love to read your comments and see those stars go up. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash cheap seat reviews. Follow us on Twitter at cheap seat cast. And please, please, please send us your emails to cheap seat reviews at gmail.com. Check out our website at our website at cheap seat reviews.com. And on behalf of Sam, Corny, and Stuart, this is Sean saying good night and go eat some ice cream.
ourselves a sponsor! <laughs>